And now, live, it's time. Which team, by colors alone, is identifiable around the world? It's time for the JT The Brick Show. Which team, by slogan, commitment to excellence? On Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Just win, baby. All those things are the Raiders. Here's your host, JT The Brick. Out of the gate, JT with you on a beautiful Monday here as we kick off March Madness, NFL free agency on Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m. And we are loaded up all week long on what is a huge week, a really big week here for the Raiders, obviously so. And I tweeted out before the show, we hope you bring your A game. Sound off like you got a pair. Have an opinion on a player. Do whatever you can to turn this flagship station into what it's supposed to be, the flagship globally of the Las Vegas Raiders. A lot of diehard fans are listening on that app. They've downloaded that app. They're listening on 920 AM in Vegas, and they're listening on the Raiders' website, which is critical because we've taken calls from London. We've taken calls from Spain. We've taken calls from Fort Lauderdale, Miami, up to Phil Villapiano in Long Branch, New Jersey, who listens every day and tells me. Fred Bolitnikoff streams this show every day at noon with his wife Angela in their home. And people are listening. We want you to dial in and give us your opinion on what's happening. Brought to you by PT's 50% off drinks every day. Happy hour, 5 to 7, midnight to 2. Find any of the taverns near you and just download the app the PT's gaming app, and you'll see all the locations, all the promotions, and everything else that's going on. All right, last night I kick off my week. I do my Sunday night show on Mad Dog on Sirius XM. Uh, talked a lot about Drew Brees retiring. And I thought Drew Brees was going to come back for one more, and I didn't even think it would be a lock that it would be in New Orleans. I thought he'd be chasing Tom Brady still as Tom Brady's restructuring his contracts and everybody seems to be coming back. Chris Godwin, Shaq Barrett, Levante David. So the story of the offseason is the same story as last offseason. The two biggest stories of last offseason in the NFL, no debate, was the cancellation of the NFL draft in Vegas due to COVID-19 and the signing of Tom Brady. Those are the two biggest stories, period. There was nothing close cancellations and postponements left and right, and Tom Brady ends up with Tampa Bay. Now, if you recall when that deal went down, which was a huge deal, because at that time there wasn't a lot to talk about because sports were canceling, including March Madness. So uh, sports were dropping every day, postponement, cancellation, NBA shutting down, no NCAA tournament. We're sitting around saying, oh, my God, what are we going to do? And I said, calm down. NFL is king. Tom Brady's a free agent. Calm down. It'll be fine. And it was. Ended up doing the draft virtually, which sucked for Vegas. But we had that, and teams got better, and free agency, and all that. So the NFL gives us the ability to always have content all the time. Then you throw in LeBron James, who led the Lakers to a championship after the postponement of the NBA, the pausing of it. And then you throw in the Dodgers, Winning the World Series, it was a pretty big year for sports. The problem is fans weren't in attendance, so that took a lot of the passion away. It did. took a lot of the heat and the passion away. And for those of us in this business who do sports talk every day, it wasn't hard, but you just had to think outside the box, and we had to talk about different topics. Now we're starting to see Vegas open up at 50%. 
even though this 50% thing is so lame for sports. I mean, what does 50% mean if 250 people are the most you can have? What does 50% mean if you're going to cap off the 50%? Now, I'm, a, I'm someone that was out this week, and I wear my mask. I wear my mask all the time. I'm not here to have a mask debate. But I'd like to see the attendance. When they say 50%, my brain goes 50% of the Raiders at 65,000. All right, so give me somewhere in the 30,000 range right out of the gate today, even though there's no football in sight. 50% for the Golden Knights at 18,000 is 9,000. Why can't we get to that number today? But restaurants and casinos, if you were out on the Strip this weekend, if you were out anywhere driving, This weekend in Vegas, it was bumper to bumper. There isn't an Uber or a Lyft. You can't get three cars through a stop sign or through a light on the strip. The place is packed again, but when will it affect sports? So that's another big topic that we're looking at here because it's go time. Got to get this thing going. Got to get people out here. I think we're going to be a little bit late for March Madness. I think the fraternal order of the men of khaki pants the men who are lying to their girlfriends and wives, ready to come out here to go to a steak dinner, a strip club, uh, get their early seat in the sports book with minimal capacity. It's not going to be what we hope it could be. But still, there's a way to get a lot of people out here to watch college basketball. I'll do a lot of college basketball this week unless there's breaking news on the Raiders where I'll stop everything and I'll do breaking news on the Raiders. Until then, I got to mix and match and put two hours together talking by myself. That's why we'd like to hear from you, 702-365-9200. All right, I've been taking the temperature of the Raider fans through my Twitter feed, which is not a good idea, which is not a good idea because there are people on Twitter who are nice and there are people on Twitter who are horrible and there are people on Twitter who are just, you know, looking for information and content. But the ones who are the loudest are the angriest and the weirdest and meanest people. And whatever you say to them this week, you know, they have their name, Raider Tony or Raider Mikey or Raider whatever, and they're throwing F-bombs at Mike Mayock, and they're going crazy. So we got to figure out who these people are because they're louder. They're a very, very small group, but they're very loud on social media. They just don't like anything. They don't like anything. No matter what the Raiders do, they claim to be Raider fans. They claim to be Raider fans. They have Raider jerseys on their Twitter. They hold up their baby who's two years old, and they spew profanity at the head coach, and they claim to be fans. So we got to deal with those knuckleheads because the majority of the Raider nation, 98.6% of them, are the greatest people I ever met. They put me in the seat, and they're rational, and they talk, and they call in, and they have great social media. But right now there's a lot of intensity because there's uncertainty. And my job, number one job, is to give you a place to come if you're uncertain to have a stronger opinion with either my opinions, the guests, the players, the coaches we put on to help you frame your opinion. So I want to know today, as I give you the call to action in the monologue brought to you by the Henderson Hyundai Superstore, Boulder Highway in Henderson, they have the super deal you're looking for. Very specific questions here on this show. Because we look for a different type of caller on this show. And you can take that for whatever you want it to be. I just, I just want to hear people that will come at me, have some energy. That's it. What is your mood this week? What's your mood? Are you pissed off? You angry? You optimistic? You're happy? I can't tell. We have all these big digital numbers that are telling us how many 
People are downloading the show and all this positive stuff, and advertisers are flooding into the show. We feel pretty good about that, but I have no idea how you feel unless you get into my DMs, I get into your DMs, you're screaming at me, or you're on the phone. Other than that, I have, or if I bump into you, and I bump into you here on the Strip, and we are able to talk, and we're able to talk about the Raiders, which is always a pleasant experience because the cowards and the trolls never talk to you in person. They just hit you up on Twitter. But the people I meet, all of them, are unbelievable. It's a great experience. I was down at the Raider Image this weekend doing a little shopping at the Raider Image and talked to 10, 15 Raider fans who were there that were buying stuff. They just came off a tour. They were happy. They were optimistic. Brick, who do you think we're going to get? What do you think of Kyle Long coming to town on Monday? You know, really good conversations. I was there with my son, and I really appreciated that. And I exchanged numbers with a few people there. It was a lot of fun. But I want to know as we open up the show today, what is your mood like? Because I want to test your mood today as we enter free agency. Are you optimistic? Are you relaxed? Are you on edge? Are you angry? Are are you looking at this? Are, Are you nervous? I think nervous is a big word for a Raider fan, a Raider fan who's paying an enormous amount of money for a PSL, a Raider fan who's traveling on an airline ticket and needs to book a hotel room to come out here and watch the team in a new city. Your opinion is valuable. Oh, your opinion's everything. You are the nation, the Raider Nation. You know one thing that I say on the show all the time because I got a national show. They say NASCAR Nation and Red Sox Nation and all this crap. Ben Roethlisberger says Steeler Nation. There's no nation. There's one nation, the Raider Nation. That's it. They had the name first. That's why I came up with the Niner Empire because they're an empire with their five Super Bowls. It's the Raider Nation. And a lot of people throw out and steal that nation, and they have no right to. So the Raider Nation needs to be heard this week because of the guests that we plan on having on, Mike Mayock and John Gruden and the job they need to do, and the list of players that I have in front of me. Vic Tafer of The Athletic uh, has a great deep dive on 100-plus free agents, and I have a chart here in my office of all the free agents that are off that the Raiders aren't going to be able to get, the players that I think they might be able to get, And there's just a laundry list of a lot of players. And what I find fascinating about this week is we don't know what they're going to do. We don't know. I could call. I could make a call. They're not going to tell me anything. What are they going to tell me? They don't know who they're going to get. Kyle Long, I think, should be a lock. He's in the building. If he leaves the building and goes to Kansas City, and Kansas City offers him a million three more a year, and he signs with the Chiefs, I can't do anything about that. But I think Kyle Long would be a great addition as a guard as he's been a three-time Pro Bowler and a legacy to Howie Long. I'd like to see that deal get done. So for Raider fans, your mood is very important to me. I want to hear from you today on your mood and who you want because I think by the end of this week, the Raiders need to get an edge rusher, a free agent safety, a free agent safety who can play, and then they're definitely going to get an offensive lineman, either guard or a tackle who might not be a big name, might just be a serviceable guy who can come in and play, who's healthy, that you might not be familiar with, who can play. So, again, here's where my optimism is for this week. I'm still leaning on the fact that the Raiders are going to make a trade. I still believe that with Mariota available in a trade, and most people think the Raiders are bluffing because they're not going to take Mariota, they're going to wait for him to be released. So that, that's a really important issue to me. I'd like to see Mariota packaged in a trade to go get someone at linebacker or edge rusher. 
I think the Raiders are going to get Melvin Ingram or Kyle Long. They're going to get a safety. Someone's going to come into the building and get signed who's a decent player and hopefully healthy. Remember, all these guys are healthy now. Anybody who got injured, who had surgery, they're going to be healthy when the season starts. So you're going to hear a little bit of that too. Oh, this guy didn't play in this amount of games. This guy didn't play last year. He only played 11 games. Well, he was hurt last year. Now they're not. They're healthy. And they're going to come in and hopefully stay healthy if they sign with the Raiders. So that's something that I'm really keeping an eye on. Who was banged up and injured? You know, Melvin Ingram coming off the edge under Gus Bradley's system. I know he can play. I've seen him. I've been in Oakland where he sacked a quarterback. I've seen him intercept. I've seen him knock down balls. I know he can play. I don't know if Carl Nassib can play. I was told Carl Nassib can play. I was told Corey Littleton can play. I was told Nick Witkowski can play. I was told Jonathan Abram can play. I was told Damon Arnett can play. I don't know who can play. So get me new guys who can play that I can look at the tape. I could look at the tape and say, oh, look what he did in this play, this play, this play, this season, that season, two seasons ago, and it's on tape. I want to see those guys. Get me two. So I believe by the end of this week, the Raiders will secure an edge rusher who will be not elite unless they get Yannick Ngakwe because Barrett, I don't think Dupree's going to be on their radar. But if they get Ngakwe, I'd be really excited about that. That's the name I've been calling. If they're able to get a safety that could come in, if they get Richard Sherman, who you want to play a safety experiment, put Richard Sherman in center field. Let him play center field like he's playing for the Oakland A's. Let him shag some high balls that are hit to him in the air like punts when quarterbacks are throwing up these 50-50 balls. I know Sherman can catch him. Bring him in on a deal. Give me Kyle Long, the edge rusher, and I'll be good. Then we'll come into this thing. Or the other thing's going to be you're going to go nuts if this happens is that you hear that Mike Mayock wants to wait and he wants to be conservative because what's happening now, there's so many players flooding the market that the Raiders will be able to look at a tier of players in their price range and say, well, we don't want to pay that much, we'll wait, and then that could be risk-reward. The player could be gone or the player could drop down. I'm a big fan of Jadavion Clowney. I know Clowney's underachieved. Remember, John Gruden called his biggest play ever in college at South Carolina when he had that blow-up play. Gruden was on the call for ABC on that. And Clowney, Clowney's price has dropped so significantly over the last three years. If you can get Clowney for 40 cents on the dollar and have him come in on third down instead of Arden Key, I'll take that all day long. With someone like that. Imagine having Melvin Ingram and Clowney, Cleveland Farrell and Max Crosby, Kyle Long, a safety and another linebacker, and I think the Raider Nation will be happy. I think you'll be happy if you get something that we can talk about. Other than that, I don't have any answers for you. I'd just like to hear what you have to say, and we'll talk about the excitement, the excitement of what could happen this week. Because, again, I, I've had, I didn't have an epiphany moment. I'm not that smart to have an epiphany moment. But I'm in the month of March now. I, I'm not going to kill myself screaming at a Raider fan who's mad at Mike Mayock now. Mike Mayock's going to get the job done or he's not. I have confidence that he's prepared his whole life to get his job done and to do what he's doing. He's clearly prepared for this job. He's clearly connected around the league. He has sources everywhere. He's got a good eye for talent. Is he going to hit every draft and free agency? No. He just became a professional GM after all these years as a scout and a TV, a TV talent. And you know what I think about John Gruden? I, 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 John Gruden, I have his back all the time, especially now 
when a lot of Raider fans, you know, the Raider fans are a little bit disappointed in John Gruden, but would line up 200 deep to get an autograph and a Chucky signature. So this is a big week for me, for you, for everybody. I want to be really optimistic. I want this channel to thrive. I want Raider Nation Radio to be the best in free agency. And if you expect everybody to chill out here because there's so much talent available, I think that Mike Mayock is going to try to be extremely efficient with the money because they worked their ass off to get under the cap by restructuring so many other deals out there so that they could go out there and spend that money wisely. I don't think that Mike Mayock and John Gruden made all these moves over the last two weeks, restructuring all these deals so they could go waste that money on player one guy. I think they're trying to really look at it and feel like what's going to happen here. So I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm optimistic. I am concerned. I don't like this roster. I love it on offense. If Aguilar comes back, Incognito didn't play. Trent Brown was a bust. He wasn't available, so they're going to get other guys there. Remember, the guys they're replacing, other than Gabe Jackson, weren't available. They didn't play. So as much as I'd like to see Incognito come back on a cheaper price, really hoping Gabe comes back at a cheaper price, happy that Trent Brown is gone. I love this offense with Jacobs, Carr, Waller. Uh, Henry Ruggs playing better next year. Renfro taking the next step up. Edwards coming back as a beast, reportedly having a great offseason, conditioning. He'll be ready to go. Foster Moreau. And then maybe another wide receiver comes in. Maybe Juju Smith-Schuster wants to be a Raider. We'll figure it out. And then uh, a full look and a full lift up the truck, look underneath, look at the engine, and fix the defense with Gus. I said get on the bus with Gus Bradley. Uh, If Gus Bradley's best strength, other than coaching, is bringing in two Chargers, two Chargers that he coached at a higher level who are better than Raiders at the same position, let Gus recruit two Charger defenders to come in here who know his system. I'm fine with that too. So there's a lot of things that could happen this week, but none of it's going to happen unless we hear from you. So I want to hear from you, 702-365-9200, and get your opinion on this. It shouldn't be hard to call this show two hours a day and let it fly. Let's get moving. It's free agency week. We want to hear from you. Gangster Raiders, start us off. Good to hear from you. Go ahead. Hey, what's happening, JT? Well, my mood is disappointed because I expected a lot from the organization, especially when they brought Gruden back. You know, I, I was hyped about that. Then when he got, you know, Mayock, you know, picked him as his GM. I'm thinking, okay, this is the guy everybody would go to in the NFL to see who, who was good in the draft. So I expected a lot. And even when we got Carr, I'm like, he's been in the NFL pretty much since he was nine years old, you know, because he was there when his brother got drafted. So I'm thinking, you know, we getting like an Eli Manning, but better. You know, a, a quarter, NFL quarterback, little brother that know how to read defenses and, and um, will be ahead of the curve just because he, you know, been around the NFL all his life. And so I'm disappointed in all three. You know what I mean? I seem like the only adult in the building is um, Mark Davis. And so. But let me stop you about Carr. Free, let me, let me stop you up. about Carr. Let's, let's go back to Carr. Carr was ranked in the top nine in quarterback efficiency. And I look at Carr getting better and yeah, better since the broken is leg. All that. Stats, his stats are all that. I know he had good stats, 70% and all that, but his stats lead the wins. You know what I'm saying? You do all that to win games. If you don't win the games, all the stats and all that are irrelevant. You know what I'm saying? Just like, remember, um, what's his name, Kirk Cousins? 
He used right. to have stats, all these stats and all that, but what has he won? Well, Kirk Cousins had a better team than the Raiders, a better defense. Kirk Cousins should have won. You're right about that. He should have won, and he, he's had a better team than the Raiders, I think, roster-wise. I don't think Derek's been in that position. Derek hasn't had a good enough defense to win. And can he do a better job? Yeah, I think Derek could do a better job, a little bit better running the football. But efficiency-wise, Gangster Raider, unless you give me a quarterback that you can get better than Derek Carr, Derek Carr is going to be here. He's not the problem with the team. I know you want more out of him. So do I. But as I keep saying, buy the T-shirt. Derek Carr is not the problem. He's not the problem with this team. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. That's why I'm, I'm disappointed in Gruden and Mayotte because Gruden seems like he should have developed Carr more and his play calling has been subpar. And he fired um, the defensive um, Buckner, yep. the line coach. I think that sabotaged the defense. And he's the one that brought in Paul Gunther in the first place. And it seems like everybody wanted to absolve Gruden of the defense, but the Gruden, he's the head coach. He's the one that picked mm-hmm. the D.C. He's the one that fired the defensive line coach and brought in Rob Marinelli. You know what I'm saying? So all this is on Gruden, too. And he had a hand in Mayock picking up. Just like, look at that third round. The only third-round player yeah. that actually played was Amit Robertson. You know what I'm saying? I, got, um, yeah. I didn't, I didn't think that. I didn't think they did a good. I didn't think they did a good job with the draft. But considering it was an eight and eight team during COVID, losing yeah, most none, of the team. None of the free agents. None of the free agents hit either. Malik yeah. Collins didn't hit. Um, what Littleton didn't hit. Karkowski didn't hit. Mm-hmm. All the people. The, um, Nassif didn't hit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Nobody hit. That's what I'm saying. I'm disappointed. I expected a lot more. That's why I said, what you think about um, Madden or Flores coming in as a consultant? You know what I'm saying? Because it seems like you know, – did you see that? Um, I know you saw that interview with Gus Bradley and Eric Allen, yep. and Gus yep. Bradley mentioned a rush to maturity. That's what we see we need to have on all three phases. It seems like Gruden needs to be more mature. She's like, all he want to do is get the old gang back together. You know what I'm saying? But then then I'm going to push back. I'm going to disagree with you because he he brought in Arnett and he got Abram and he got Ruggs III and they got Renfro and they got guys from Clemson and Josh Jacobs. And there was a lot of guys that they brought in to be cornerstones of the franchise. I agree with you on the play calling. I think he has to get more aggressive and be better. I mean, he has all these weapons. I would hope that John would want to get better as a play caller with all that. Look, I asked you for your temperature and specifically, and you're disappointed, and I really appreciate your call. You laid it out perfectly why you're disappointed. I got no problem with this. Yeah, and I hope this um, offseason that we attack our needs, don't be cheap, because, you know, we always go cheap and get second-tier players, third-tier players, and then think we're going to win. You know what I mean? Stop being cheap. Go after somebody that's going to make a difference. Like they say, an alpha on the line and an alpha on the secondary. And um, if we're going to keep Carr, get the weapons around him, it's going to make him better and solidify him. And also say, forget extending him. I say we extend Waller while we can, because in a while we're able to pay him like we did Mac and go have to trade him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, good phone call. Thank you. Thanks for starting us off. That's what I was looking for. I wait around all day to host this show, and he was able to come in, gangster Raider, and start us off. We asked for his temperature. He's disappointed. I think it's fair to be disappointed. Uh, when I look at last season, a team that got decimated by COVID, decimated by injuries, was better than the year before. I think they looked better on the field, but they had these horrific collapsing losses that if they didn't collapse and lose those games, they're a 10-win team, and I think they're in the playoffs. So I think there is a lot of good happening there 
but the criticism of what's not working is fair. They weren't good in free agency at all. They weren't very good in the draft last year at all. And the fans know it. And if the fans know it, the organization knows it. But they have an opportunity to bounce back here this week and bring in some players. And I hope they're able to do that. I I don't want them to have a splash and go out and get five new players this week. What I want to see is I want to see two defensive starters. That'll be the theme of the week for me. Two defensive starters, maybe three starters total. Kyle Long's a starter if he signs. That's a wish. And then two defensive players, an edge rusher and a safety who are obviously coming in not to compete. They're coming in to start. If we can get out of this week with that and still some money to go into free agency again and and get some players, I think that's a good week here. What's your opinion? What are your goals this week? How big do you think the Raiders need to go? Are you getting mixed messages from the organization on if they want to start slow, kick back, let free agency marinate for a couple of days? You're the fans. Tell us what you think, 702-365-9200. I just got my most recent delivery from Meetup Vegas, the wholesale meat company. Raise the stakes this March Madness with Meetup Vegas. The prime top sirloin steaks, a slam dunk on the grill, and I got option nine. Premium 30-day certified USDA prime Top sirloin steaks, 10 pounds, $120. It's got everything. I haven't gone to the store. I will not go back to the store to get the meat because I got Meetup Vegas, the deal for you. MeetupVegas.com, code word JT Brick. JT Brick for the best meat you'll be able to get. The steaks have been fantastic. We're grilling out all the time. When we come back, once a Raider, always a Raider, and potentially a little surprise. There's news in the building today. And we will break it in some form at the top of the hour. How's that for a tease? And we'll get into March Madness as the brackets are out. Oh, and my tribute to Marvin Hagler. What an impact he had on Las Vegas. Marvin Hagler died on Saturday. And that was a massive loss. My tribute to Marvin Hagler later on in the show. We all know what we're after, right? I mean, we all have that that vision of what we're all shooting for, and we really got our vision on it. And we're not going to deny that. I mean, that's very important to us. It's very important to our fans in this organization. So we hold that really true to our heart, and we know that's the big picture that we're going after. That was Gus Bradley, who did an exclusive interview with Eric Allen, and it was really good. A lot of good came out of that. JT, back with you. As we continue on, Donald Penn, former Raider left tackle, has officially retired as a Raider. He is in the building. He will join us at the top of the hour. So we're looking forward to talking to him. Uh, Good guy. Uh, Been good to us. We've had him on over the years. He wanted to retire a Raider. He signed a contract today. He will be placed on the reserve retired list. So we will have Donald Penn. And this is something he wanted for his family. He wanted an opportunity to get it done, and he is ready to do that. You know, and you see a lot of players, you see a lot of players that want to do that. They want to go out, and they might have played with multiple teams, or they played with another team, and they want to retire as a member of that team for a number of reasons to designate their team a retirement. 
and as a tribute to the fans for what the fans were able to give them. So with all of that, I have a lot of respect, and Donald will join us at the top of the hour. Also, Seth Greenberg is going to check in. We're going to talk to him, and he's going to join us from ESPN Bracketology, and we'll get to him. Once a Raider, always a Raider, former Raider wide receiver Tim Moffitt, played for the Silver and Black, 85 through 86, former third-round pick of the 1985 draft class. Tim, thanks for doing this. Hope you're well. I'm doing good. How are you doing? Really good. And you know this time of year, there's a lot of wide receivers out there trying to hook up with another team. Uh, The Raiders have a couple of young wide receivers, but take me back what it's like in this position when the league year starts and you're looking for the phone to ring and other teams are looking at all this wide receiver talent out there as you're trying to land a new gig. Yeah, it's, it's very it's very stressful. You know, you you sitting there and you hoping, uh, you know, you get that call and and you just sitting there in tense and tense. But once that call come, you know, everything is you you relieve you relieve all your pressure and and your hopes and you see your dreams coming coming true. Tell me about coming out of Mississippi, but even before that, how you played as a high school player. Uh, most of the gentlemen I interview played multiple sports in grammar school, elementary school, high school. What was your background as an athlete? Uh, I played uh, in my high school years. I played uh, uh, football. I did baseball, track, basketball. Uh, but my main two sports was uh, that I loved was football and baseball. Excellent. And baseball. It was, was it tough to put the glove and bat down when you had to make that decision because you made it, played at a high level in college and then made it to the NFL? Did you miss baseball? Uh, I, I did, but I knew I, I had a better chance of going uh, going further in football than I did in baseball. Tim Moffat is our guest, former wide receiver. So tell me about the draft process coming in. I always ask about an Al Davis story, your speed, your hands coming out of college and why you were a fit for the Raiders in the third round. Yeah, uh, Mr. Davis, he was he was big on, on receivers with speed, and that's what he, he looked for receivers. His thing was, if you have the speed, we can teach you how to catch. And he believed in in speed for uh, for the receivers, and and I think that's what got him to uh, look at me. And and coming out in the third round was uh, very excited for me because uh, a lot of people said that I wasn't going to you know go in in a high round, so I didn't have to sit around too long. But uh, uh, getting picked third by the Raiders. Uh, was very excited to me and and playing with the Silver and Blacks and and calling them my family. Tim Moffat is our guest, former Raider wide receiver. So uh, coming into an organization that had Fred Bolitnikoff around as a coach and the great Cliff Branch, who's best friends and was best friends with Mark Davis. Nice to have some mentors around and some former great wide receivers. I would assume. Oh yes, it it was very much Cliff. Cliff took us all the receivers on his wing. We called him my grandpa, so uh, he was a he was a good leader and and a good person to be around and watch run his routes and just you know learn from the best. What was L.A. like back in the day when you think about the L.A. Raiders compared to the Oakland Raiders and where you came from, Mississippi? That must have been an exciting time in your life as a young professional. Yes, it was coming from a, a small town in Mississippi, coming to L.A. It was a big change for me, but uh, I was excited, you know, and, and being around all the uh, Raiders players that I saw play on TV and just being there at the El Segundo facility 
and uh, it it was an experience of a lifetime, and uh, you know I wouldn't trade it for a thing. Tim Moffitt's our guest. What's it like walking out of the tunnel at the Coliseum? and seeing the cauldron on the other side and the size of the crowd for those big games at night there. It must have been an incredible view from your vantage point. Oh, yes, it was. Walking out of that tunnel is, is one amazing thing that uh, I, I used to watch the players come out there, and then I'm walking out of there myself, going onto that field, looking up in the stands at all the fans and stuff. It's, it's, just, it's a breathtaking uh, experience, and I was blessed to, to, to get that. Tim, what teammate had the biggest impact on your life still to this day? Uh, I can I can have I have three. Uh, Cliff Cliff made a big impact on my on my uh, on my life, and uh, Jerry Robinson. I still keep in yeah. touch with Jerry Robinson. I still keep in touch with Doki, and also Reggie McKenzie. When me and uh, we first came with the to the Raiders, me and Reggie was was roommates for the first year. I want to wrap it up with Cliff. Cliff had a big impact on my life, too, and he he treated me like a friend and getting to know him and seeing him on the road and just the impact that Cliff Branch had. And, you know, as Coach Flores just got elected into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, Tim, that we still have to wait for Cliff to get in, and Cliff's no longer with us. It was such a travesty, but I'm sure you're one of those guys championing the cause to get Cliff into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Oh, yes, definitely. Cliff does need to be there, and uh... – and I know the Raider alumni and the Oakland Raiders facility uh, uh, department are going to push what they can to try to get Cliff into that Hall of Fame. And, and you know, Cliff was a, a, a down-to-earth person. You know, he, mm-hmm. he taught me, he always taught me, he said, always make yourself a sandwich uh, before the game, and then if <laughs> after the game you get on the bus going back to the plane, you have something to eat. <laughs> yeah, I would – Cliff, a, a quick funny story, Cliff – would uh, sit with the owner, and wherever he was at the end, Cliff would always take the beautiful spread. If there was a little left over, Cliff would like to have a little bit for later on that night. That's a value guy. That's what we loved about Cliff. Cliff was yeah. a smart. He was smarter than everybody in the room, wasn't he? He was. He was. He yeah. he, he knew the rose how to how to yeah. get around and what to do. <laughs> Tim, what are you doing with your life today? What's going on? I'm working. I'm I'm working for the Temecula Valley Unified School District as a. Uh, Network system specialist. I'm working from home right now with the uh, with the COVID going on, but still working. I've been there uh, going on 23 years. Awesome. And once a Raider, always a Raider. How'd you feel when you got that brick from Mark Davis with your name on it? You have one outside the stadium too here in Vegas. You know what? Getting that brick, I got the letter first, and I I I showed that to every. I even sent that to my college. Sent a picture to my college coach. Because me and him's very good friends. He like a pop to me, and I call him all the time, and I sent him that. And I, I told him, I said, this radio organization is nothing but first class. Thank you, Timmy. It's a pleasure talking to you. Thanks for coming on Raider Nation Radio. Hope to see you in Vegas soon. All right. Thank you very much. You got it. Tim Moffitt, former Raider wide receiver. Why? Because he's a Raider. Once a Raider, always a Raider. And we have a tremendous relationship with the alumni department. And they feed us former players to talk to. And we hope you enjoy it as you're getting to learn the history of the silver and black here in Vegas. When we come back, your opinion on what the Raiders need to do. Who's the first player you want them to sign in free agency? Don't worry about tampering. This is sports radio. We'll handle that. Also, my tribute to Marvin Hagler coming up. And Donald Penn exclusively at the top of the hour.
Wow, how did that sound? Hagler, Hearns, Vegas. JT, Bobby, great for playing that uh, because I talked about and thought about Marvin Hagler all week, and I'll get to that in a moment. Welcome back, JT, with you, brought to you by SalmonAshLaw.com. SalmonAshLaw, because you deserve what's right. They are the king and queen of downtown. When it comes to attorneys, give them a call, 702-820-1234. Think of the Salmon Ash. I'm also thinking of my friend Bud Pico, the general manager of the downtown Las Vegas Event Center, I had the pleasure of having coffee with him Friday morning along with Tom Hum, the brother of the late David Hum, former quarterback of the Raiders, Nebraska legend. Tommy was a Nebraska legend too. And we went to see Bud because he gave us a tour of Circa downtown, Derek Stevens' place, which I've been to a bunch of times since it opened up from Barry's Prime Steakhouse, which I love. But he gave us a tour of everything. So I got a really good deep dive inside circa and i just wanted to say more and more people in vegas have had an opportunity to head to circa so you know what i'm talking about those who are listening to us all over the country on raiders radio raider nation radio on the app uh, this circa deal is a game changer on steroids it is massive i've i saw everything in that property from the air conditioning that comes from the ground up instead of from the top down which is brilliant but Bud took us outside. It was early, 9, 9.30 in the morning, and we went to Stadium Swim, and it wasn't open yet. And he took us throughout that entire outdoor gaming experience, sportsbook experience. The cabanas were incredible. The VIP cabanas, the swim-up bars, the blackjack. And we walked around the whole Stadium Swim, and the most interesting part was the escalator to get to it. I think Bud said it was like a minute and nine seconds to get from the bottom to the top, knowing that the pool's over you. I mean, I don't know how they built this thing, but they built it to the greatest standards of a pool anywhere in the world. And we got outside and we saw this, went into a couple of cabanas and saw the experience. And I was just blown away. And I've had friends who have been down there to watch sports on the weekends, and it's really gearing up with March Madness. So Bud, Bud, who does an unbelievable job at the downtown Las Vegas Event Center, that footprint is massive here. In Las Vegas, he took uh, Tom and I to the new space that they're doing there, their new convention space at Circa, which they're going to turn into a warehouse, a warehouse for March Madness. So they had all these tables set up, and they were building out this room and building out the wall and the LED screens. And I'm looking around going, with everything that's going on with these two sports books, inside and the one outside, the space that they have for March Madness with the gaming kiosks and all of that were really special. So just wanted to say, great tour of it. I'm going there a lot because I go see Chef Barry all the time. And uh, if you're in town and you're coming out for football, whatever it is, especially March Madness, I'll be spending most of my Masters weekend watching Masters golf at Stadium Swim with a couple of friends because I don't think there's a better place in the world to watch it. So that's coming up there. Uh, thanks to Bud and the entire team over at Circer. Also, David Erie, who's turned out to be a great friend, and Ed Barbero. Uh, those guys were fantastic the last couple of times I've been there. Let's get to the death of Marvin Hagler. I found out that news Saturday. I was home with my wife and son, and it came across my phone. It came across TV that one of the all-time greats died at the age of 66. I almost had to sit down. I was shocked to hear this news. Uh, every, you know, he's kind of a recluse. He's not around a lot. 
He was out when he got inducted into the Nevada Boxing Hall of Fame, which I'll get to that in a minute. But Marvin Hagler, after his career, moved to Italy, did movies in Italy, and not a lot of people saw him. Again, a recluse as a boxer. He's one of those boxers who left, and he left because of the controversial decision to Sugar Ray Leonard in 1987 at Caesars Palace, a fight that I thought he won. So I went back and watched the fight again, and I had Hagler winning that fight. Sugar Ray Leonard won the fight. He was flashy, threw more jabs. He was dancing at the end. But Hagler threw so many more power punches, and I thought he won the fight. Hagler ended up retiring from the sport after that loss, which I always said was not a good way for him to go out. He, he was a legendary champion, one of the four kings, with Sugar Ray, Roberto Duran, and Tommy Hearns. And I'll get to the Hearns fight in a second. But for Hagler to retire after a loss to Sugar Ray Leonard, do you understand how many fights, how many millions of dollars he left on the table in the rematch, the trilogy, whatever he wanted to do? He was unbeatable, in my opinion. And he lost that fight. It was a controversial decision. He claims that Sugar Ray said that he lost the fight, whatever it is. I wish he never left the game that early. But a lot of boxing enthusiasts and legendary boxing writers thought that Hagler left because he was so pissed off with the decision, but he wanted to get out with his senses because of the beatings that he gave and some of the hits that he took. And no fight was more important in my life to the fight against Tommy Hitman Hearns and what also happened in Las Vegas in what was the war. And the war was incredible. And that fight with Hearns, as I put out the video of the first round on my Facebook page, just go watch it, please. The, the fight was nicknamed the war because of the nonstop action that occurred throughout the three rounds. It was that good. And I don't think there'll ever be a better first round in the history of boxing, and it's why many of us still love boxing. When people say boxing is down, not down, there's different eras that were better. And when it came to the middleweights of the 80s with the four kings, I don't think we'll ever see anything similar to that. So the champ died at his home in New Hampshire. He was 66. His wife, Kay, announced his death on their verified Facebook fan club page, which I'm a member of, and I went back and looked at it there. Hagler was 62-3-2, 52 knockouts, and is considered one of the greatest middleweights in boxing history. He won the WBA and WBC middleweight titles, and he held on to them. For a long time, he made 12 successful title defenses and fought right here in Vegas seven times. So the reason I wanted to bring this up was Hagler was Vegas. Even though Brockton, Mass, he fought in Massachusetts, he was a legend in Boston. He was actually born in Newark, New Jersey on May 23, 1954. But Brockton is where he became famous in 1969, turned pro in 1973 after a legendary amateur career. Hagler beat Roberto Duran by unanimous decision right here in Vegas, November 10th, 1983, at Caesars Palace in one of his signature victories. So the last point on this, I met him a couple of years ago. The Nevada Boxing Hall of Fame had a mixer, uh, a special VIP night where Sugar Ray Leonard and Hagler Hagler getting inducted, they were there. And I got there reasonably on time, a little bit early. Rich Murata was there, we had on a couple of weeks ago. And Marvin was in a tuxedo. He looked amazing. And I went up to him and I said, champ, can I take a picture? He said, absolutely. And we talked, and in that, at that moment I said, I thought you beat Leonard. 
I, I, he, he winked at me, nodded his head, and I said to him, I go, I just want to thank you for the joy you gave me throughout my life because these were my college years. When he was fighting, I was coming out of high school into college, and I remember vividly being in my fraternity house or on campus. And, you know, when you're in college, there's only X amount of friends that are into boxing, and I remember watching these fights, trying to make an effort to watch them because I was a boxing guy. Always loved watching it with my dad. Started going to fights uh, right out of college, and I've been going to them ever since. And just the opportunity, the, the few minutes, and it was about three to five minutes that I talked to Marvin Hagler one-on-one. It had a big impact on my life, really big impact on my life because I've interviewed all these boxers throughout my career, Manny Pacquiao, Floyd, Oscar De La Hoya, Bob Arum's been great to me. Everybody in town that's come on this show over the 20-plus years I've been on and on my Mount Rushmore with Muhammad Ali, no doubt about it, when you look at Ali and the impact he has, and if you want to go Sugar Ray Robinson and old-school boxers, or if you want to go modern-day boxers, Marvin Hagler does not move. He's like Joe Montana with Tom Brady. Ali and Hagler, they don't move to me. I thought Hagler clearly beat Hearns in a fight where Hearns could have knocked him out in the first round. Hearns' punches in that first round were big enough to knock Hagler out, and Hagler, who got stunned, Ended up still coming forward and winning in the third round. I thought he was better than Sugar Ray, not as flamboyant. And he was better than Duran. And a lot of fans would disagree, and they love Duran and the Hands of Stone. But this is Vegas. This is the first show back since he passed away. It is my honor, my job, and my duty to, to pay respects to Marvin Hagler on this broadcast because of the impact that he had on the city of Las Vegas and the sport of boxing. And we will never see someone like him. He, had, he checked every box, and he was a gentleman and one of the toughest boxers of all time. Rest in peace to the great Marvin Hagler as we continue. Raider Nation Radio, jump on in whenever you want. If you want to say something nice about Hagler, I do it now. 702-365-9200. Rest in peace, champ. <laughs> 